hello. Welcome back to another episode. A few I do. I'm, I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. Slow your roll. All right. <laughs> you know, you know the timing of this. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, gosh. Um, and we are happy to talk to you guys again. And um, or I guess you're listening <laughs> rather. But this week's episode is uh, a very, very good episode. I feel like it's always going to be an evergreen one. And we are going to be talking about wedding guests from the amount of guests you should have your, at your wedding, plus ones and all the stuff around that. Because y'all be getting all in your feelings about plus ones until you, <laughs> it's time for you to actually have to pay for a wedding. Um, but we're going to get into all these good wedding guests related conversations um, with our lovely guests. So guests, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I am Jennifer Price. I am the owner and lead planner of Event Shop Chicago. Um, we are a wedding planning firm in the Chicagoland area, and our job is to get couples down the aisle into the party. And we really, really, really love to curate your wedding experience. So we work great with couples who are thinking outside the box and don't just have the insert couple, insert officiant wedding. Love that. Yes, we are so excited to talk to you today. Yes, I, I love like you could tell when we have vendors on that are like they have found like a s particular space in the wedding planning industry. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that is my space. And those are the couples I serve. Like because you can have some that are just like whoever I don't care. Just show up, whatever. We get married. And then you have others like you that are like, you know what? Mm -mm. I want a special type of couple, a special type of like I'm here for like, like you said the party the fact that yes. you already recognize that like that's what most of us are trying to do it's like yes the ceremony part that is perfect it is nice we have to have it right it's lovely and warm and fuzzy but the reception like everybody's trying to have a reception when people leave your wedding they talk about the reception exactly everything from the reception the food the drinks the music the whole feel that you had like no one's leaving talking about like oh man her vows. They and probably I, don't even remember the vows. They probably won't remember. No. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Unless they're like probably like immediate family or like yeah, moms or something yeah. or like grandmas. Then, you know, that would be the thing for them. But everybody else, uh -uh. It, we're here to party. We're here to have yes. a good time. And you want your wedding to be that memory that people are talking about later. You want folks to be raving about the food, raving about how much of a good time they had. And you want that to be a reflection of you and your like love for your boo, right? Like yes, you want it to exactly transcend it. there. See? Well, we always <laughs> tell our couples is we kind of coined the term wedding story. And it's kind of a blend between your love story and the story that your wedding tells. And mm -hmm. they should coincide. So your wedding should tell your wedding story. I love that. Yes. Ooh. That's how you know it's going to last. Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. I've been to a couple weddings where it didn't last. And so. <laughs> and you knew it. You knew yes, it. Yes, yes, and, yes. And I knew it. So. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so, Anyways. so Jennifer, can you tell us how long, like, you've been in the industry and kind of what led you to it? Yeah. So I actually been in the event industry for the past 14 years. I got my start in corporate and nonprofit. So I did all the big fancy galas and the five mile walks and dodgeball tournaments. Like you named it, I planned it. And I just kind of, I mean, 
I kind of got really tired of like the long speeches and black linens. I was like over it. And the tipping point was one day I walk out of my office and I'm like, everyone, everyone, the color of the year is living coral and nobody cared. And I was like, all right, I'm out. This is done. done. <laughs> I can no longer pretend like I like doing this. So I knew that I loved the chaos that came with event planning, but I definitely felt the need to go to a more social aspect. So um, we did our first wedding September of 2018 and we've been going ever since. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So how have you been kind of helping and how, I mean, how have you handled this year and all the craziness it's been, but also how have you been helping like your brides and your couples kind of manage it all? Uh, yeah. 2020 has been a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Some days I'm like, I quit, I give up. And then other days I'm like, no, we got this. But really, we just spent a lot of the, our initial reaction in March was to reschedule everything past June of 2021. Every couple we talked to was go to June of 2021 if you want to have a resemblance of a quote unquote normal wedding. But if you're okay with elopement, okay with micro wedding, we got you, let's do this. Um, but that was kind of like our first attack on this whole thing. And I'm really glad it was because it saved a lot of our couples, tons of money and tons of rescheduling. And we really have just been focused on trying to get them to a place where they're happy. So for some people that was moving it. And for some people that was, well, I want to get married next week. So I got a lot of emails that are like, so what are you doing in six weeks? We are trying to get married. I was like, oh. Okay, well, yeah, let's get you married. So it really has been kind of mixed based on what the couple needs. And that's, we've just been accommodating them. I love the fact that you said basically from jump, look, we're just going to, for the most part, if you are really trying to have the big to do next year, next summer and beyond, mm -hmm. because I'm finding, and this might just be something I just noticed, but some of the vendors that we've talked to and just some of the vendors that we follow, if they're kind of like, they've been doing weddings for maybe like five or less years. They're not having those conversations with their brides. They're usually just like, Oh, we can wait and see. We can wait and see. We can wait and see. But I think of like, um, one of our frienders, um, Tiffany McCoy with birds of paradise events in Maryland. Mm -hmm. When we talked to her earlier this year, she was like, Oh, there are no weddings this year where they've all been pushed out. They've all no. been pushed to next year. <laughs> and she was seeing that back in March. And I was thinking not even the ones in like in the fall, mm -hmm. but nope. now that we're here in freaking November and, and where are we, you and know, not any, yeah. not any better than where we were seven eight eight months eight, ago yeah, eight months ahead. ago mm -hmm. <sighs> so anyway <laughs> no I mean I totally agree with that it's been a hard role and it was hard it was a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow they just yeah. and, and I, I don't want to act like I had a crystal ball or I'm this genius but the amount of time it takes to plan a wedding the effort you put into it the result you want it was no way the wait and see was going to really be beneficial especially to my couples because they invest a significant amount of money into their weddings and you don't want to scale back like I because I, part of the fun of the wedding are those emotional connections and the hugs and the laughter and being able to share those moments. And you don't want to do that with an asterisk. You don't want to, hey, you can come, but you got to get tested at the, you know, before you come or like, hey, you can come, but we're going to scan your forehead before you enter or mm -hmm. um, make sure you have your mask on when you're on the dance floor or if you're at the bar or when you're 
<laughs> socializing. Like, oh my gosh, should I walk around with a plexiglass just because you decided to have a way? <laughs> right. Like that that there's no fun in that, you know. So it's such a year. So I completely understand that too. Um, because if you and I've read a few articles that are like, well, you know, because you've spent all this money, you can now just like because you have a smaller crowd, you can like splurge more into blah 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 blah. And it's like, yes, there are some truths to that. Like, okay, you go from 150 to 75. Yeah, there might be some things, but still, can you really enjoy it to that full extent? Like, cause how many people can really say that everybody was able to quarantine for 10 days or 14 days? Because I think about like my dad. Um, so Ed and I got married last month. Yeah, no, I follow you guys. Thank you. Yeah, duh. <laughs> and so um, it was just the two of us, the two of us and my childhood pastor, which was a very, very hard decision we had to come to. But my dad is a car salesman. He has to go into work. And apparently selling cars is an essential business. So even when there was the shutdown and people were stuck at home, he still had to go into work. Um, And then because my grandma's sick and, or, you know, like she's older rather, I'll say. He was making sure that, okay, I'll go to the grocery store for her. I'll go to the grocery store for my family. He was being that person. And then my husband's dad is a pastor. (laughs) so you're on the other side of things still having to go inside a place still having to be around a certain amount of people it's hard um so for you know sorry for this random spiel but when i see those couples they're like you know everybody was able to quarantine for two weeks before and we all got tested everybody was positive or everybody was negative and you know we were able to have a wonderful like wedding and it was like 50 of us i'm thinking be so glad and blessed because that's right. literally like one out of probably like 25. Like nobody else is doing that. Nobody else can do that. Right. I mean, you, who can afford to not leave their house for two weeks, depending on what your job and life circumstance is? I mean, it's, exactly. it's and it's an impossible act to request of your guests. Like it's almost it inconsiderate to ask them that. And um, especially this far in, because it's like with most of the states that are open and people are kind of moving and you know, like the way I move might not be the same way Tania moves or right. vice versa. And Tania is in the medical field. So like Tania would and is and has been going into work. So, hey, maid of honor, can you stay at home for two <laughs> weeks and then shelter in place for, you know, my <laughs> wedding? Don't get a check for me, please. Because right. <laughs> I and need also, you in some pictures. <laughs> I need dress you to- too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I need you to help me with my bustle. You know, like I need you to know. So anyway, that was a a long detour. We said we weren't going to talk about COVID in the beginning, but you know, (laughs) we haven't done it in a while. Yes. We haven't done it in a while. You know, next week probably won't be another. I have a lot to say. That's all. I have a lot to say about a lot of things. I have a lot to say about a lot of things. But anyway, we'll get into this or that. Y'all know what this or that is. It's our favorite little game that we play four rounds. Um, You pick between this one or that one and you say why. So to start, and we're going to start with you, Jennifer. A hundred guests or less wedding or a hundred and one guests or more. Oh, that is tough. Um... I am going to go with 101 and more 
only because it's a little more fun. Like I don't do like 450 because then you don't see everybody at your wedding. But like, I really think a sweet spot is like that 175, 200. You get there and you got like a good group of friends. You got your favorite aunt. You also got that fun neighbor, not the boring neighbor by your parents. Oh, you know, your old home. So that's like the really, that's the sweet spot. That gets the dance floor moving. I like that. And I agree. I agree. Okay. What about you, Tania? I mean, of course, the 101 Mm. plus, you know, I have to, I have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I have, have, well, yeah, I have a lot of family members and, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of close people that I consider, well, they're friends, but they're family, but Mm -hmm. that number is over 100. So, like, I have to, I have to do 101 plus. Okay. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I would want to say 100 guests or less, but my family too big too so i can't even (laughs) when i think of my mom's side and my dad's side we could easily just be at the 200 we were easily at the 200 why am i saying could be our guest list at one point had 299 (laughs) in aisle planner so and that was like shaving one or two people here where it's like oh okay they actually broke up now so okay well actually (laughs) oh well they got married so you know like (laughs) it kind of teetered for a little bit um that's too big for me i kind of like the 175 200 that jennifer was talking about so yeah all right we're all on the same page next round allowing your single guests to bring a plus one or only allowing the married or serious and long-term couples to bring their significant other. Ooh, okay. We are probably, I'm sure we're going to dive into this a little bit more in detail later, but I have to go with allowing without any, like without any background on this, I have to go with allowing single guests to bring a plus one. And the reason I say that is because you have to be consistent and Mm -hmm. you have to uh, account for the fact that if your single guest is like traveling from Nebraska and won't know anybody there, they probably should be able to come with a plus one, but okay. Well, we might have to just wait. I can't answer this. I'm not answering this one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause we will get to that. We will get to it. (laughs) All right. Tania. I am going to go with allowing the guest to invite a plus one. And I say that because I've been to not a wedding now. Well, yeah, I've been to a couple weddings where I was allowed to bring my plus one. And my friends knew that I had just started dating my now boyfriend. So I was happy that they were, you know, allowing him to come. But I've also been to huge events by myself and it's not fun. Like you only know the, the hosts and And then it's like, you're trying to make friends with their family and their friends and it's fine, but it just sucks. So I would never want my friend to feel that way. So I'm allowing them to bring a plus one. I get that. Um, I'm not, but (laughs) I completely completely understand (laughs) and respect that decision. Um, I think for me, I would honestly do a mixture depending on who the friend is, are they like in the bridal party? Are they just a wedding guest member? How do I know, like, am I aware of their significant other, how long they've been together? 
Um, because there are some folks where, I mean, like you and Brandon, and the only reason I'm saying his name, you've said his name on the show before. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knows, he knows. Hey, yeah, my Brandon, boyfriend, hey. he's like a little FBI. <laughs> he's not FBI, <laughs> but like you would think that he is, just the way that he moves, he's not on social media like that. So, yeah. yeah. But he knows everything. Yeah. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yes. So, um, but I mean, I knew... Like when we were trying to kind of plan last year and get the list together, even even though y'all had just started dating, I knew this was going to be a serious relationship. So I didn't feel weird about adding his name or like, you know, including him on like your invitation and the save the dates and like that information. Yeah. Um, but then there are other folks where it's like, She's Let's, only going to be around for yeah. a month or two. Yeah, yeah it's that. like, it's yeah. like kind of, let's see how this plays out. Because there have actually been uh, several folks that were on our list that were like, by the time we got to the point of sending out the save the dates, mind you, we sent out save the dates maybe four months after getting engaged. We had had dinner and lunch with some of these folks, like before we got engaged, you know, all this stuff. They was not together. So, like, I'm reaching out, like, hey, can you send me over so and so's address? Cause I don't have it, but I, you know, I would just know that that's that would be the plus one. They would be their plus one. Like, oh, we're not together anymore, but here's his address. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> are you okay? How, how you been? Like, I, how, how do you even like go from there? So I don't know. I would play uh, the fine line. I would play the fine line. All right. So round three, guests that declined the invitation, but try to show up or guests that responded. Yes, I will attend and don't show up. Neither. Neither. I, I don't like, <laughs> no. Okay. I have to pick one. Uh, I would probably pick <laughs> the guests who accept and don't show up if I had to pick one. And the only reason I would pick them is because grace is my like thing for 2020. And I would love to offer them some grace that maybe okay. your babysitter didn't show up or your car broke down or your kid or parent got sick. So that is the only reason you told me you were coming and you could not make it. People who just the other person i don't even like them at all so they're not good people <laughs> i do not want them right. at the wedding period <laughs> this is hard yeah very very hard but i think i would choose yeah i think i would go um with the guests who rcp'd and did not come I've known people to not RSVP and they show up and like, I told you we were coming. No, Mm-mm. we didn't. You know, so that kind of gets a little sticky because then you costed me more money. Right. And there's a possibility that you'll be sitting at a table like in the back because we didn't plan for you. And that, uh, uh, and, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm with Jennifer because she said neither to start. I mean, <laughs> honestly, because it's like both both are rude, you know. Yeah. Um, by saying yes and then you don't show up, I would, like you were saying, probably extend them some grace because maybe there was a reason why they didn't show up. Versus the people that decline, meaning they already said they weren't coming. So you've already told me now you're not coming and now you are. I had to submit my numbers by a certain date for tables, for food, for flowers, for drinks, 
that was a cost. And yes, there is a buffer because they always, you know, assume that something could possibly happen, but you don't want to just, this, this costs too much for you just be showing up after you said you're not coming. Like, don't, you can't maybe a wedding. <laughs> you exactly. gotta be a yes or a no. You can see the wedding video when we post it on Facebook. You can see the pictures when we send it out later or post it on Facebook or Instagram. Like, no. But, you know, even... so one year, this had to be a, not even a couple years ago, maybe like five years ago, I had an old manager who posted on, on her Facebook that mm-hmm. she and her husband had gotten married and they invited probably, I would say like 100 people. Like all 100 people said that they were coming there was probably only like 50 people at her wedding. So in the pictures, you saw all these empty seats mm. and she wow. posted like she was upset. I mean, granted, it was still a beautiful day, but the fact mm-hmm. that she posted about it, I was like, and she rarely posts. And so the fact that she posted about it and, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was hurt for her. I would just hate, I would just hate that. Like for anyone. Mm-hmm. One of my friends had like, I think she said like 30 so people at RSVP to her wedding and like over a hundred actually showed up because folks just knew where it was going to be. So they just showed up. <laughs> so then they ran out of food. And yeah, it's just, like, it's like these situations probably happen more than often, but you know, uh, anyways, right. Yeah. Round four. All right. The final round. So which one would you pick between the single friend who was bringing her home girl to the wedding? So maybe you've met her before at like a, maybe a Christmas outing or, mm-hmm. you know, dinner, birthday dinner, that type of thing, maybe a vacation. Okay. Or the single friend that's bringing the guy she met last month off Bumble. The girlfriend. I'll take the single friend who's bringing her homie any day because you're right. The odds are if she's really my friend. I've met this homie. I've hung out with them. She probably picked them specifically for this wedding because she knew that this person might know people. Um, I, I am not a fan of the plus one who is the we just met on Tinder or whatever people use. We just met on this. And now I'm coming to a wedding for so many reasons. And one of them is just like it's weird. Nobody knows this person and they're not going to have anything to say to them. Not even the people at the table. So it makes it awkward for everybody. Nobody has fun at this wedding when she, when she does that. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Tania. I also agree. Cause I was that friend like last year sometime. So I would want to bring the girlfriend to the wedding. I think that's a good idea as well. Um, and especially if, you know, if you're close enough with the person and you could just say like, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for allowing me to bring blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, have a plus one. I'm going to bring person. Yeah. And I think everyone's cool with that. Cause then as you're going around to the tables, it's like, oh, hey girl, I ain't seen you since mm-hmm. you, you got to send me the eggnog recipe. It was good girl. All right. <laughs> let's take a picture. Let's take a picture. All right. I'll talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good one. Go get you another drink. You know, <laughs> like, so versus like, oh, nice to meet you. Heard a little bit about you. All right. How are things going? All right. Haven't messed up yet. Like, how do you go from there? I don't know. Like, I know nothing about you. I shouldn't be learning about like Who's this man. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, there are some instances where you are meeting somebody for the first time at a wedding, but I feel like that's not usually like it, that type of scenario is like, that's his college friend that moved. 
that rarely comes home or like you haven't had a chance to see, but they were able to make it to the wedding. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've heard a lot about you. You heard Mm -hmm. a lot about me talking to you on the phone, maybe a few times or like, you know, so it's a little bit more familiar than just like some guy you're just maybe sleeping with on, you know, like, so anyway. And also, I think for the record, people are guests is guest etiquette. You don't have to bring the plus one. Like if you just met somebody on Tinder and your homegirl was like a maybe, don't feel obligated. It's, it was more of a courtesy to you. So it's okay to say, I'll just be attending by myself. Ooh, please, y'all take notes and listen. Like <laughs> You don't have to bring it anymore. But you know, I think a lot of folks just don't feel comfortable going. Like the people that struggle, I think, with being single really struggle with being single at weddings so if you extend them that plus one they feel like they gotta fill it with somebody and if they don't then it's like ooh. but then you should also have enough faith in your friends where they're gonna put you at a table where you're gonna have fun you have a good time you might know the folks and if you don't your personality will fit into this group you know, they're not going to yes. throw you just at, it might be the table in the back, but it's going to be the table in the back with some folks that's going to make you laugh. So maybe it's the table in the back, but the table in the back is close to the bar. I was just so going to say, yeah, probably close to the bar. So it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, there might be some sort of, or maybe you, maybe, maybe the person that you meet is at this wedding right. and you come by yourself. Yeah. And maybe there was some strategic positioning on the seating right. chart, right? Like this is true. This is true. This actually but, happened to Candace and her husband. They met at the wedding. They they sure did. Mm-hmm. She they she caught did. the bouquet and he caught the, the garter. The garter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's now, such a cute story. Yeah. Now they're married. Yep. They're married. It's been over a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Things it can like happen. That, it can, it happen. can happen. Not saying yeah. it's always going to happen, but it can happen. So, yeah. you know, anyway, that was fun. That was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. It was fun. All right. So we're going to now move into Well, we're going to take a quick, quick break. We're going to listen to this ad Be back in like 30 seconds. Ashley and I would love for you to go to iTunes after you listen to this episode, of course, and let us know how much you love us or offer us some feedback. We would really appreciate that. And that would help us out a lot. We wish you all much love and success. Now let's get back into this episode. All right, we're back. Um, And so as you can tell, we're talking all things wedding guests with the lovely Jennifer Price. And we are really excited to talk about this. This or that was such a great teaser, guys. You, You just need more at this point, right? inject in your veins so <laughs> we're gonna kick it off um Tania's gonna start and take it away all right so first question what is your biggest wedding you've ever heard or have worked so I, I think I said this in the beginning but if not I'm from the Chicagoland area so a bit of a I like to think it's a bigger city but um I have definitely heard of weddings being in the five to six hundred person range now the biggest I, biggest wedding I've ever done is about 320 um and I have one for 350 on the books coming up uh big weddings are a lot of fun a ton of work and I don't know if they get to say hi to everybody so I think as as couples like think about that it's so much fun the dance floor is black but you may not get to see your uh employee I mean your employee your employer or colleague if you have 330 but it's a lot of fun so weigh those options 
Wow. Okay, this is not part of the questions now. But <laughs> but the 300 and over weddings. I know you said that the um the bride and groom they really don't have a chance to go around to everyone. But like do you feel like it's an issue or like it becomes an issue or do you think that like no, it's really up to the couple. Some couples are like, oh, I heard you were at my wedding. Did you have fun when I see you <laughs> okay. two weeks from now? And okay. some couples, it really is important to them to go around and thank every individual for being there. So it mm-hmm. truly depends on the couple. It's not a pro or con either way. It's okay. just your kind of style. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for answering that. I really just assumed all the get like all the couples would want to go around to all the folks. But I guess not. Not in like a dis way, but if they, if if you know you're having 340 people in this huge, amazing venue and you can't be at cocktail hour because you're doing photos and then at dinner are the speeches and then there are the dances and then you hop into the party, it is a possibility you may not get a chance to hug somebody. And I think Mm. they know that going in and they don't, they don't want that to happen, but they understand it might be a casualty of this big, fabulous, amazing wedding yeah Mm, okay so how does culture influence the size of the wedding you know i think it does in some cases so um some indian weddings some middle eastern weddings uh jewish weddings you invite every single person you know it's not an option about your second cousin like we'll have that conversation about who goes on your guest list but those aren't options they you you invite them um i have noticed that with a lot of black weddings guest lists are very large And it's because either you come from a family like mine, where my mom has seven siblings and my dad has six, and it's like 30 first cousins on both sides. So that happens very often, but I don't think it's, it's not because of culture. I think it's just the family size. And I can believe it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because that may be my future. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it could just be family. Yeah, it's no. just family. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, heaven forbid you have a friend or two that you, you know, you love and you want to invite them in a plus one, you look up and 200 is really easy to get to. As you said, Ashley. Yeah, yeah. Because I have friends and I'm mm-hmm. close to their, or like I'm close to their parents as well. And so, you know, I would also want to invite their parents. So it'd be my friend, their plus one, and then their mom or their mom and dad. So mm-hmm. that right there is like a whole family right, right. there. That's so, a table. Yeah, that's a table. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It really is. Like I was thinking when we were doing our list, oh my gosh, Ed had maybe 50, 55 people. That included his family, his friends his coworkers, <laughs> the folks he went to school with me. And then I started looking and I'm like, Ooh, because my dad's side of the family, my dad and my mom both just have one sibling and they have, so my dad's side, like my aunt has two girls and that's it, but they're first cousins. So my grandpa has three sisters and all of those kids have at least two kids and they have kids and they're all close and they all keep up with each each other they see each other they all act like brothers and sisters even though they're first cousins so i already knew okay just by adding my dad's side at, at least that's 30 people just off that and then on the same, on, there's a similar story on my um, mom's side where, you know, you have a lot of cousins um, because th- uh, my grandpa had 
nine siblings. And of those that are, you know, still alive, most of them have kids. And, you know, like we're all getting to the point now where if you've gone to so many funerals or more funerals than weddings, then when the weddings come along, they are excited to go to the weddings because it's an opportunity to ce- celebrate the living while they're still alive. And right. so when my um, uncle passed away last uh, September, at that point, we had already been engaged. We had already started planning. Everybody was well aware and they were so excited. And they're like, we can't wait to see you next October. And then, you know, but, um, you know, you have that expectation. So, yeah, when I, I mean, to me, culture influenced the wedding in black, you know, when it comes to black folks um, or just, you know, your standard like African-Americans. I really just think, yeah, the size of your family is like, that's going to make or break it because you can't leave folks out. The other thing that actually does play a big part is if you're in a fraternity or sorority. So, you know, I, I'm a Delta, for example, and I have, it's 14 of us online. Well, I mean, that's a table and a half. And if I allow plus one, <laughs> that's two tables. So <laughs> those things play a huge part. Yes. Oh, that's how the price goes up, y'all. That's how the exactly. price goes up. <laughs> exactly. And don't be still, so my mom's a Delta and my dad's a Kappa. And so they're both, well, my dad more so than my mom, still close with some of their, like, frat brothers or line right. sisters or like just sores and, you know, like frat right. in general. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. can I invite so-and-so and can I invite Miss blah, blah. And can I invite, you know, so even if it's not like me <laughs> it's right. them, and they're still like, you know, they're excited. So they want to, you know, have their folks see, see it, see their babies, you know, too. So. Exactly. Yep. Mm, so. Since we're talking about, you know, who to invite to the wedding, who is usually invited to the weddings? Okay. I think before I answer that, I would love to answer how to come up with your guest list. And I hope I'm not jumping ahead too far. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're fine. Okay, great. So when you talk about who is invited to a wedding, of course, you want to invite close family, I mean, friends and close family and all those things. But before you even start a guest list, I always tell couples, define your budget. Your budget actually determines your guest list. Yes, you may have 375 people you want to invite to a wedding, but your budget may only allow for 75 people. And that's the reality of it. So when you go in, if you have a $100,000 budget, you may have some leeway to do um, 175, 150, 250 people. But if your budget for any reason, and there's no shame in budget, I am very transparent with all of my clients and couples. We need to have a budget talk because if your budget is $30,000, I do not want a guest list of 200 people because that's not going to, I cannot make that magic happen. I can do so many other things, but I cannot make that magic happen. So I think the very first thing is to determine your guest list. I mean, determine your budget. Once you do that, your budget will help guide you on if you can have 75 people in your guest list or 100 people or 200 people because once you get that nailed down the rest will be easy um and so from there you i say you of course start with immediate family your siblings your parents from there uh you have to decide if you want to go like first cousins um hopefully grandparents i hope you don't leave them out um and then i typically say stop at the first cousin in the family area and start to do friends Um, If you come from a big family, like so many of us have talked about, you don't want to look up and you're doing third cousins and um, 
aunts, uh, you know, aunts and great aunts before you start your friend circle, I would then try to go to your immediate friend circle. And then I always give them like the little diagram, you know, have you seen this person in 10 years? If no, then maybe no. If you, you know, if yes, then keep going. Um, you know, do you want them to witness one of your most emotional moments in life? Cause you might cry, you know, if yes, then yes, you can add them. So once you do that core group of people is just a couple of questions you ask yourself about who should be invited from that point. Okay. You said a hundred, a hundred thousand for 275 people. <laughs> you know, I think when you, when my clients come to me and they show me the Pinterest wedding they want uh-huh. and it has orchids falling from the sky and it has fireworks. And then you tell me you have $75,000. It's hard for me to achieve those things for you. I can get you one of those things, mm-hmm. but not all of those things. So what your priority is also is a part of how you can, de- you can come up with your guest list. So if you want a pyro technician to come and do pyro and do fireworks for your event, then you're probably gonna have to shave off 50 people because gotcha. you know if you only have so much money that goes around. If your priority is this firework show, then you probably can't invite your coworkers. And that's okay. It's no wrong answer to that. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, because when you said that, I'm like, oh my heart. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> and also too, the average wedding in Chicago is about sixty five to seventy thousand dollars. So our average wedding here in Chicago gotcha. might be different. Um, than some other areas. I think we were ranked third or fourth in the United States on the most expensive weddings. I think New York was number one, then LA. Uh-huh. And I think we fall into line after those two. Wow. Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't okay. think, yeah, we definitely didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, yeah. So that was kind of like the difference between Tania and I, because that made sense to me. <laughs> like, you remember how many car- how many people Cara said she had, and how much Cara said she spent on her wedding? Like, yes, I do remember that. But then Cara also said that she, like, her mom added some more things, you know, like some more flowers, and you know, like they added a little bit more things. So of course, like the price increased, right? But you know, but if you want something simple. You know, I mean, I know food and everything like that, you know, and all the other things are going to add up. But I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about myself right now. In the future. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, basically what you all are saying is I need to start saving up now. You know, I need to look. Mm-hmm. Yes. Little, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a little cushion. Yeah, a little just, cushion. A little, <laughs> just a little something. On the so side. what qualifications do you personally believe that couples should use um, to kind of decide who should they invite versus who should they not invite. So think of like the coworkers and friends. I mean, you mentioned like the 10 year mark, but is there anything else for folks to kind of consider? When it comes to narrowing down, I usually have this conversation when we're trying to narrow down guest lists, right? When we have 300 people, we need to get it to 200. The first thing I always say is have they met your significant other? If they've never, if they could not pick your significant other out of a lineup, maybe we should reconsider them being there. And and again, I don't mean like my best friend from college who lives in North Carolina now and I never see her or her husband. I mean, like the person that is within a 20 minute drive for you, if they can't identify your significant other, maybe rethink it. Um, the other thing I think about is this comes up a ton. If someone is married, you have to give them a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm so sorry. I know this is tough, but if they are married, you have to give them a plus one. And the odds are if their significant other does not know you, they probably won't come because it might not be fun for them, but it is slightly rude not to. Um, the other thing we use is um, to be consistent. My other rule is to be consistent. So if you invite one person from a friend group or two people from a friend group, now you kind of need to invite that third or don't invite that set of friends. Um, same with your colleagues. It's okay if you have a favorite colleague or two, right? I'm not saying invite the whole office, but if you have lunch buddies and you'll, you guys get to lunch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's four of them and you only invite three, kind of weird. And it makes that fourth person feel like crap. You know, if you, uh, we talked about sororities and fraternities, if you have a, a line or some um, sands, I think that's what y'all call them in the South, sands, you know, you can't invite four and not the rest of them. You have to kind of invite everybody and, or not at all. And when you do that single group of people or that, that line, those line sisters, you can't give four of them a plus one and not all of them. Consistency is key and consistency keeps feelings from getting hurt. So Unless, you know, two of them are like your best friends and you guys see each other every weekend and they have husbands and your husband knows them, you can invite them. But for the sake of everybody else at the table, try to be consistent about who you invite and how they get plus ones. It'll save you a lot of conversations later. I like your answer just because that's the way that I think. And mm -hmm. I know that other people around me will probably be like, you know, like, you don't need to invite them, you know, like just because you work with them, you know, and like you're inviting this person, it doesn't mean you need to invite everyone else, but I, you know, in my mind, you know, I'm going to have to go back to work and see these people. And I'm going to be the one who's going to be answering these questions. And, right. you know, and if they see one person from the office in my picture, I'm like, well, dang, like, I thought we were close as well, you know? So, so I like your answer. Yeah. As long as you're consistent, it really yeah. is easy if you can say, well, I didn't invite anybody from the office or yeah. I only invited Tina, because everybody knows Tina out of the seven is my favorite. So yeah, it's, it's okay. as long as you're consistent, you can save some feelings. Yeah. All right. So what should couples consider when thinking about the size of their wedding? You touched on this a little bit, but let's go a little deeper. Yeah. Budget is like the start of that, right? You got to consider mm -hmm. budget. Um, and I think one of the other uh, kind of instant like woes that couples get when they think about when when they think about the size of their wedding is the catering and all the labor that comes with things so your florist has labor your caterer has labor um the staff that's hosting the event has labor me my team we have labor so the more people you add the more labor all of those people have to add to their team and it increases your cost and then like this is so superficial but <laughs> i do mention it to my couples think about who you want to have fun with like <laughs> if you have a group of friends that's just your book club friends and you guys never really like swag and surf, you know, then maybe they shouldn't be at your wedding because they might not be okay with that when the song comes on. So I think those are kind of things that you should think about as well when you kind of develop your guest list. So make sure you are going to have the people there that are going to turn up with you, not going to leave early, not going to tip right. out early or judge you. And this might go back to the coworkers part, judge you based on the music because look Ooh, let is, it be true. let it be some yeah. of our co-workers of a different ethnicity that might not feel comfortable with the n-word just being thrown out <laughs> you know some yeah. of the songs that like really get you dealing yeah. in sort of type of way and we from the it, south it, so you know there's a, right. yeah so there's automatically it, gonna be you know it's a lot of that or not yeah. necessarily that like 
the twerking. If there's going to be twerking or, you know, if folks decide to get a little bit loosey with the drinking and then they start feeling, you know, like work Ashley and homegirl Ashley aren't the same Ashley, you know, <laughs> right. or like work Tania and, you know, homegirl Tania, like the code switching is not happening right now. Like yeah, I'm not using yeah. my good like phone voice, you know, because this is my wedding. I'm, a, I'm around my people is more of them than it is of you. So yeah, you got to think about that. Cause yeah. And you pay for it. So you, you did pay, well for, it. Right. You you did well pay for it. Yeah. But you know, there are some people that are just weird and it's like, Ooh, you were having a good time. Weren't you? Yes, I was. Like, <laughs> why is this now a conversation? <laughs> of course I was having fun. It was my wedding. I paid for this. Um, I was allowed to, but you know, it, I think the church folks too, that could be that yeah. same way where it's yeah. like, Hmm. Uh, some of those songs she was playing why were you still there (laughs) (laughs) i expected you to leave sister Teresa. you were supposed to leave (laughs) exactly you were supposed to tip on out but you decided to hang around because you know you secretly liked it you secretly wanted to be in the know you wanted to be nosy so you could have this conversation with me now (laughs) so (laughs) oh goodness all right So what about the couples that have to scale back due to COVID? Like, what should they be considering when they're trying to figure out, you know, maybe they were going to have 150 people at their wedding or like 160, but now because of maybe where they live or maybe the venue or even just personal comfort, they're now deciding we need to scale back over 50%. How do they make those decisions and like who should come versus who shouldn't, despite whether they send invitations or save the dates or what have you. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's been such a, that's a tough conversation that I actually had that way too many times this year. Um, Illinois has been a very uh, conservative state when it comes to COVID restrictions. Uh, as personally, I support the decisions that he's made, our governor, but I also know that it's affected the wedding industry in a terrible way. I mean, it's just really hard for so many couples. And we, at one point, we were able to have 50 guests, then 25 guests, then 10 guests. Um, and this it's it's November as we uh, do this, we film this now, and we're down to zero. So there are no wedding receptions held in the state of Illinois right now. I know it's it's really been like, oh, okay. As soon as we get adjusted to one thing and we get the plans and we have to readjust. So I spent my past week kind of like shuffling a lot of things and working with a ton of couples, well, two couples to get things ready to go. But uh, I say all of that to say that, when you plan during the COVID, rules are out the window, right? All the etiquette that we teach you about how to send invitations and guest, and guest lists is kind of thrown out the window. The first thing I always tell my couples to do is if you have a wedding website, put on there during the time of COVID, things are unsure. Um, we will update you as necessary as we go along. That's kind of like the first line of defense. I also ask them to get everybody's email address um, just in case we have to send a last minute email or phone number, you know, so that we can really contact people quickly. Um, And then when they send save the dates, um, this is always my rule pre-COVID, but even more so during COVID, only send save the dates to people you are 100% sure you would want to be there. Um, And that may only be 20 people right now, you know, so only send save the dates to people you are 100% sure would get an invitation. Um, And then as like weddings are happening and the restrictions are changing, 
one of the things that we're asking couples to do is just reach out personally to people if you have to uninvite them to your wedding. During this time, people are so flexible. They're so understanding. They know it's not because they made a ridiculous Facebook post. They're getting uninvited. It's only because you only can have 25 people in a room. So, you know, once you call them and just say, hey, Uncle Bobby, I am so sorry, but restrictions have changed again. And we only can have 25 people. And, you know, I have four siblings and, you know, my mom and dad want to be there. So, you know, we're really keeping the guest list low. The other thing that I'm really encouraging couples to do when they look at their COVID guest list is consider people's health. Like, I know this is your day. This is all about you guys getting married and sharing your love. But if you know that you have an immunocompromised person on your list, don't invite them. Let them know that it is okay. They cannot make it and that you value their health more than you say and I do. It's a hard, it's a very tough decision, but it just shows that you care about them as much as they care about you, that they are willing to risk their life to come to your wedding. And then the last thing that we're doing is we are just reminding couples that this is out of their control. Like we only can change the things that we can control. We cannot control this. We got two options. We can have it with 10 people or we can wait till next year. So just kind of reassuring them that it's okay to have your feelings. It is okay to have your emotions. And we can change what we can change. All very, very good pieces of advice. Yeah, I really think, and I would hope that there aren't people that are taking it personally when they aren't invited because we're still in a pandemic. Like, (laughs) despite um, how others might have moved around. Because, I mean, so we're from Georgia, obviously, where we were like the first state to reopen and we weren't even fully shut down for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As you can see with other things going on in the state of Georgia right now, like we are in the dumpster fire. So I would imagine like there might be couples, you know, or people guests that are seeing, Hey, there are other weddings going on and they are 150 people and they are indoors why didn't you invite me to this? And it's like, look, I don't care if you had brunch on Sunday inside this restaurant, just because you feel that level of comfort doesn't mean everybody else does, or doesn't mean that the bride and groom, even if they're moving that way, maybe out of respect of their family members that might be immunocompromised or just some level of paranoia that it's like, you know what? I don't want to do that. So If anyone is not receiving an invite this year, it is not because of you personally. It's because of COVID. Well, actually, for some folks, it might be because of you, but (laughs) it might be. (laughs) And COVID might have helped be the kind of excuse for it. But um, yeah. And also, and this is a side note, USPS is still taking this uh, time on some stuff. So you might have to like follow up and see if your invite really didn't come or. <laughs> yes, that is. Or thing. if it was USPS. Cause like one of my great aunts um, invitation bounced back last week. Our wedding was over a month ago. We sent it out around Labor Day. Like, why am I, she lives in Macon. Macon is like two hours from here. <laughs> why, why is her invitation bouncing back the whole two over almost two months later after we sent it anyway? Um, for, for the most part, you know, guests are really flexible and they totally get it. So far, I haven't heard any horror stories of people being like, wait, what? I'm not invited anymore. So I think everybody's kind of moving with the whole giving out grace mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is learning that. Everyone is learning that. 
Okay. So I know we talked about um, plus ones earlier, but what are your thoughts on plus ones? Yeah, this is always like a hot topic. You know, I've seen couples argue over this one, like who gets the plus one and who doesn't. So I I, I usually try to abide by the rule that if someone's married, you give them a plus one. I know I mentioned that. But also if somebody has been like living with somebody for seven years or dating a guy for 10 years, you can give them a plus one. I mean, you probably have met them a bunch of times. There's no need to be stingy with the plus ones. It's, it's easier to invite them than to hurt the special person's feeling by not inviting them. Um, also, budget plays a part, right? So if you only can have 50 guests because of your budget and things you want, you got to be very, uh, you, you might have to call a friend and say, I know you just met somebody on Bumble, but you can't invite them because I only have 50 guests. Um, the other thing with plus ones is, again, consistency. So if you have a table full of single people, don't let one person bring one and come to the table with her boo and everybody's staring her down. It's not, it's not going to make a day fun. And then um, lastly, I think it's okay not to give people a plus one if you're sitting them with people they know if they're going to hang out with all the same people that they've seen in college. So it's not a deal breaker. Don't feel like it. Uh, the other rule that we usually ask our couples to abide by is it's nice to give people in your wedding party a plus one if you can. They have gone through hell and high water to do everything for you on this day. They bought the attire. They've got the makeup. They've got the hair. They've given you their entire day the day before for the rehearsal. Um, they probably did a shower of some sort. Uh, now people are traveling for bachelorette parties. I'm old school. We didn't do that, but now they are. So they spent thousands of dollars to go on a trip with you. The least you can do is buy their boothing a steak like it's okay it's not a big deal so that's kind of plus ones are touchy I just always say consistency is key if you can just be consistent about who gets one then it will make your life your significant other's life so much easier I agree I, I feel like that's the perfect answer I also agree I was uh delaying going off mute because I was trying to type in consistency is key as a note. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Because, it, I mean... Yeah, I already wrote it down. I already wrote it down. But it is true. Like, I, I, yeah, you can't, you can't invite one, but not the other. It's going to come around and bite you in the butt. So, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. got to think about it. Um, okay, okay. So... Let's kind of switch uh, angles a little bit. So let's get into these guests that don't RSVP. Ooh. You know us. And, and I, I say us loosely because every wedding deals with this. Like, it's not just a yes. black thing. Everybody deals with folks that just don't RSVP. So how do we, as like the couple, how do we navigate that? How do we deal with that? You know, I think a lot of that, I, I, I encourage couples to get a planner. If you don't hire us, we want you to, but if you don't hire a planner, because your planner will also lead you through how to navigate that because they'll have spent so much time with you. They'll know kind of like your people. They'll know through stories how your people react. Is it better to email, call, or text them, right? But that's kind of like the first step. The second step is looking at that list and making sure that people actually got their invitation. That is a very nice way to say, are you coming to my doggone wedding? So you talked about how your great aunt, I think is like two hours away, but didn't get her invitation. And you probably talking smack about her, like why well, she didn't RSVP, but in reality, she just never got her invitation. So I usually um, ask my couples about six to seven weeks out. If you have not heard from people, because people typically are excited to RSVP. 
So if you have not heard from them about that six week mark, shoot them a note, a note, a text, say, hey, um, cousin Regina, did you get your invitation in the mail? And if they say something to the effect of, oh, I got it, but I'm just trying to insert excuse here, you know, you got somebody that's going to be on the flaky side. So you want to maybe kind of tread with caution. When she does RSVP, then, you know, know that she might not, she might be one of those people who don't show up at the end. Um, I think once you do that first step and then you get back to the date, if you have not heard from them at the four week mark, then it's okay to reach back out to them again and say, oh, I hope that you were able to secure your vacation day so that you can come to the wedding. If you can let me know by Monday or whatever, give them whatever deadline is way before your deadline. If you can give them a deadline, it makes people move faster. So if you can let me know by Monday, if you can make it, that'll be great. And I always also say, we shouldn't have to, but you have to give people an easy out. I always tell couples to add, if you can let me know by Monday, that'd be great. If I don't hear from you, I'll assume you cannot come. So that gives them an easy out. Maybe they think they're going to hurt your feelings by not making you spend $200 on them. But in reality, you just want to know if they're going to be able to make it. So always give them the second call and always give them the easy out of if I don't hear from you, I'll assume you won't be able to make it. So that puts the onus back on them. So they have to either commit to this or not. Otherwise, you won't enjoy my fancy state. And that's all right. And that's all right. That is all right. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Trust me. Okay. Um, so the next question. So what are your thoughts on the ABC list? So over quarantine at some point, um, I remember there was this list that floated out and it showed, it was basically like, I guess they sent out the invitation to everybody at the same time and yeah but they had an a list a b list and a c list and so they're like if you and i think they told folks like what list they were in so they told folks like based on like if you're in this list i need you to rsvp by this time if you're in this list rsvp by this time like so it was all staggered now folks online got all sorts of they they got uproar you know an uproar and i'm like yeah, that's actually a thing. You're just not supposed to know about it. Right. Because if, <laughs> if couples are going the route of like A list, B list, and the C list to figure out who to invite or who to, yeah, who to invite, you just, you aren't supposed to know what list you were on. You just, you know, you get your invitation at a certain time, you RSVP, maybe you don't have the full amount of time to do that. Anyway. I know you know all about A, B, and C list. I'm saying that more so for the listeners that missed that moment online a few months ago or have no idea that that's actually a thing. But by saying all that, what are your thoughts on the staggered list and the approach to it? Yeah, so their approach was probably one I would not recommend. Right. Um, only because you're right, people should not know all about that. But it is a thing. Um, I always tell couples that if you're going to do this, then you need to make sure that you send out your A-list earlier than we anticipated so that you can get those RSVPs back quicker. Um, I typically don't have them change RSVP date, but when you do this, you run the risk of your A-list person RSVPing at the RSVP date next to that C-list person. So I always tell couples that you really should only do this during COVID times. You know, I think that's definitely okay for a COVID wedding. Anything goes, we're just trying to have a wedding. Let's just figure out who can be there later. But in non-COVID times, I always say, if you're going to do an A, B, and C list, well, one, yes, you create an A, B, and C list before you send your invitations. 
if you're deciding you want to mail to an A, B, and C list, you have to be prepared to accommodate everybody on all three lists. And the reason why is because if you email Grandma Tina's best friend and you send her, email her invitation and she's on the A list and she does not get back to you, but she does later, you still have to accommodate her. You can't say, I am so sorry, Grandma Tina's best friend. You cannot come now because I've already mailed my C list. You have to be able to accommodate her. Um, and then also, you also run the chance of if someone on your A-list declines because they can't get the weekend off work because they're in their fourth year residency, but if, uh, something came up and they can, and they're reaching out to you like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I got the weekend off. I cannot wait to celebrate your wedding. Now you're kind of in a pickle because you've already invited somebody from your B list. So it's it's kind of a gamble. You know, a lot sometimes when you gamble, you win big. Sometimes <laughs> when you gamble, you buy more chicken. Because yes. <laughs> you have already kind of made the, the set the stage for this for them to be invited to your wedding. Um, one of the things I say too is that if you're going to do an A, B, and C list, actually only do A and B. If somebody is on C, they probably don't need to be there. It's okay. You cannot invite everybody. Um, it sounds terrible now, but they won't even know they were on a C list and didn't make it. So just try to mm -hmm. do A and B. It really kind of makes it easier for you when you get to that um, chess game of who's where and who's going to be coming. I don't know how people would feel like to know that they were uninvited. You know, like, like I don't think people should uninvite people to their wedding you i mean even though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and it's rude to do so i see in these facebook chats all the time where folks one probably shouldn't have invited somebody to begin with and then they get into a little argument or somebody did something to them and then now it's like well i want to uninvite somebody to my wedding you can't it's too late now it's rude no matter what they did or said to you you gotta just kind of like swallow it and keep it moving. Hopefully they just don't show up, but they're probably going to show up because they messy and they want to see your wedding <laughs> so they can go back and talk about it later. I do want to ask you a follow-up to that. And it's kind of off the vein of the guests that said, okay, I don't know if I'll be able to come or, oh, I will be able to come because I was able to get off at this time. So I just saw this on Facebook today where somebody was like, send a uh, posted a screenshot of, say it was like a cousin who said that they would finally be able to like attend the wedding. They're excited, blah, 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 blah. They, you know, they were able to get off and the person that posted it was pissed off. Cause they're like, you knew about my wedding since last year. Why didn't you request that time off then or earlier in the year? Mind you, we don't know what this person does. Right. <laughs> we don't know what industry they're in. We don't know what their PTO schedule is like, but how would you, like, what would you kind of tell that, like, okay, so this is kind of a twofold. What would you tell kind of brides or couples that are dealing with guests that really don't know until a little bit closer to the time because their guests might have to request time off work, like maybe four weeks out or less than that versus um, also as a guest, how should you communicate that to the couple, if at all, if that yeah. is your situation? Yeah. You know, as a guest, I definitely think, um, and I hope guests, please like DM me too if you want to ask more questions about guest etiquette. I love talking about guest etiquette as well. 
But as a guest, try to be as, as transparent as you can with the couple. I am um, in law school. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get it off. My, you know, all of these things are okay to say. And it's, you're not dumping your problems or your uh, issues on anybody. You're just letting them know, like, I want to be there really bad, but also I work at a bank and maybe that's a holiday that's super important. I don't know. That might've been weird, but you get where I'm going with it. <laughs> that, you know, my life, unfortunately, does not revolve around you and your wedding. It is important to me. I want to make it a priority but I also have to feed my family. So, <laughs> you know, so many things happen between now and then. And I think if you're just saying, I want to be there, but I won't know until this date and it's after your RSVP date, are you okay with that? You should give the couple the right to say, I am okay with that or I'm not. Typically, if they're good people, they're like, oh yeah, I'm okay with that. And it'll, and honestly, it won't be that many people. If you have a 200 person guest list, it may be six people who are in medical school and need to let you know at the last minute. As a couple, I would always remind you again to offer grace, right? Because these people aren't trying their best. You are important to them, but you also, as a couple, you can't dictate someone's life. Like you mentioned, we don't know their PTO schedule. We don't know if they're the low man on the podium to own their office and this is a busy weekend. Um, unfortunately, as a wedding planner, I miss so many weekend events for my friends and family. I don't always get to see them on Saturdays. So I have to let them know, hey, I, th I have a proposal out for this weekend. If they don't sign, I'll pencil it off so that you can, I can go to yours. But also as a wedding planner, I can't miss every weekend to go to a wedding because I have to work weddings. So I think just being clear as a guest and then also being transparent as a couple that, you know, I know that you said you can make it. If the, if the couple is told by the guest beforehand that they're on the fence, offer them some grace. I think that once you invite somebody to your wedding, you have to extend that invitation, whether they come back to you later and say, now I can get off. I mean, you can't uninvite people to your wedding. It's just, you can, but it's rude. I would recommend you don't do it. You will lose friends. Um, two stars. Do not recommend that. <laughs> two stars. Two stars. <laughs> Don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So as we're talking about etiquette, my next question is more about the guest etiquette. Um, can you describe the proper guest etiquette from attire, from timeliness? Because, you know, yeah. I'm African. And so, you know, all the weddings that we have attended that are African, we just already know, like, the wedding is not going to start on time. Now, not all. Right. Um, but you know but in the past i mean like if the wedding starts at six just know to be there by nine because that's when like the party's actually going to start i mean i'm just being for real i'm just being for real <laughs> oh my blood pressure would be up oh my god <laughs> i mean like i i remember going to you know um a wedding and this is like when i was younger but but like we missed the ceremony oh no 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 I, actually i think we went to the ceremony there weren't that many people at the ceremony, but then when we went to the reception, like people were still walking in at like 10 o'clock at night, you know, but that's just, that's just how it is. Now that's not everyone now, right. not, but tell me the proper etiquette. Um, so proper, I, I'm a, I'm a stickler for etiquette and I get it. Like everybody didn't spend time reading books. It's, I'm an etiquette nerd. I'm okay with that. But one, your invitation should kind of lay out the lay of the land for you. Your invitation should tell you 
what the attire is. So it should, if it does not flat out say formal attire, cocktail attire, all those things, you should be able to tell by the way the invitation is made. So if you get kind of like a flimsy paper invitation, it's probably like kind of casual. But if it looks like somebody spent like $8 or $9 on the invitation, you should be prepared to dress up. Um, I'm also a big stickler about laying out the day for guests so that they know what's going to happen. So in the wedding that you went to, if you really are going to start at 630, then that's okay. Just let me know that it's going to be drinks beforehand at six, right? So I should arrive at six. I tell all of my couples, I will not start any later than 15 minutes after your start time, unless there is an accident on 290, which is like one of our worst highways here. And 75% of your people are not there. I am starting that wedding. All I need is you two and the officiant. And some of you guys have already gotten married beforehand, so I don't even need the officiant. I will start a wedding on time because if I don't start that wedding on time, I've ruined your entire day. Your food is cold. Um, all of these, all of the quality of all these things that you've invested money and time into are not going to be at their best self. They're not going to be represented best. So no one's going to have a good time. And also, too, your vendors are going to go home. So if you don't start your party until uh, 10 o'clock and you thought you were about to do three hours of dancing, but your DJ scheduled to 11, he's out or you're paying him overtime. So all of these things come into play when we set that timeline. Um, I spend a ton of time on my timelines. I am there down to the minute. Vendors hate and love them. So there is no reason for us to kind of be late. And also what I noticed too is sometimes get the couple that's like, well, we're going to tell people it starts at six, but we're not going to start to 645. I do not approve of that. You are well within your right to do whatever you want. But when you do that, you only punish the people who are going to be on time anyway. The people who are going to be late are going to be late. You cannot control them. You cannot make them be on time. If they are that inconsiderate and don't want to see your ceremony, you should not hold it for them. The people who want to be on time will always arrive 15 minutes before the ceremony is supposed to start. Guest etiquette says that if I tell you my ceremony starts at six, you should plan to be there by 545 so that you can park, get your coat hung up, get a glass of champagne, find your seat, know where the program is. Because when the music starts at 6.01, I don't want anybody hustling and bustling. You also cannot get into my ceremonies. If you are, if you are an event shop couple and you're listening to this, I've already told you this. As when, I, when that first uh, note plays and the aisle opens up, everybody else can just wait outside until it's over. You do not walk through my ceremony. These people have paid a ton of money and invested a ton of time. And your lateness will not ruin it. <laughs> so... Uh, I think those are some of the things about guest etiquette. I hope I covered everything. Attire, timeliness. Oh, also don't complain to the couple. That is guest etiquette too. If you don't like something, that's okay. It is okay to go home and tell your boo thing in bed that night. Oh, I did not like that table linen. It's okay. And that's all right. But do not tell the couple their food was nasty. Do not tell the couple that their music was bad. It's it's rude. <laughs> it's very rude. <laughs> um what about the guest etiquette surrounding uh the registry Ooh, that's a good one um okay what i tell couples is always register for something because if you don't register for something people will get you what they want you to have and that may not be what you want so, <laughs> go to neiman marcus go to nordstrom's get those thousand count sheets treat yourself what's something that you want and you haven't treated yourself 
If you want a wishing well wedding and you don't want to say that because you think it's rude because etiquette says that, but not so much now, register for six things. Once those things are out, people will bring you money. If you're in a guest, if you're a guest, please use the registry or just give money. Unless this is your best friend for the past 25 years and you guys talk every day and you know what kind of art she would buy for her wall, do not buy her art. Unless this is your like sister and you got, you know, exactly where her clothing size is, do not buy her boots. Like just don't do it. It's not okay. <laughs> and unfortunately they will take it back. So let's save everybody a return trip to the store, buy the things on the registry or give cold hard cash and a very nice card. That is so funny. Yeah, like. that is good. <laughs> Cause I know, like I know of a couple that didn't have a registry at first. Cause they're like, you know what? Um, we are, we don't need anything. We're good. You know? Um, so we don't have a registry and then they did have a registry. And so when they first, it, how many people frequently go to wedding websites like all the time, right? Like you go to wedding websites around certain periods, like right. maybe when you first get the save to date closer to the wedding, or if you know, like if you're invited to maybe the bridal shower or something and she didn't have a bridal shower registry or something like, oh, okay, where was she registered? Let me go to the site. Oh, okay. Let me find something there. So I look up, they have a registry and I'm like, Okay, now I feel bad because you didn't have one before. I don't know how long you've had one. Like, so that's weird. But then I also think like, okay, because if you're in a bridal party, like, should you have to buy something? Or if you, because I, I always assume registries are um, optional. Registry gifts are optional. The presence of you is the gift itself. We say that it might be true. It might not. But that's what you're supposed to say because you shouldn't feel, I don't think what, obligated to buy somebody a gift right exactly exactly but at the same time it's like they get married like buy them something i don't know like for our registry we tried i I put stuff on there that was like three dollars just because i knew we had such a range of people that we were inviting to our virtual ceremony that wanted to do something but i knew maybe this was hard or maybe they're on FMLA for whatever reason or whatever it is. So like, I wanted them to be able to feel like they did something for us, even if it were, it was just buying us these coasters from Macy's that were like three twenty nine dollars on sale. Very nice coasters, by the way. Right. But, you wouldn't have bought yourself, but somebody yeah. else treating you to it was nice. Exactly. Um, so, okay. I really did want to cover that because I also as a person whose love language sometimes is number one, two, or three on giving gifts, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, I like gifts. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of, for those listening, check that box. If you are a guest at a wedding, note to self, or if you are a couple, kind of (laughs) expect, this is what to expect. Don't just, you know, don't say nothing. Don't put... (laughs) Don't put anything because you're right. We did. We got a few things that we didn't ask. (laughs) You would never use, right? You were like, somebody thought I wanted socks. Oh, okay. Okay, nice. Because it said wifey. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wifey and hubby. Like, um, they're not even fuzzy socks. (laughs) Right. So you got to give people a little direction. Just give them a little direction, especially even the store, right? So if you pick Nordstrom, they're like, well, if I can't find anything, at least I can do is get a gift card. Right. At the very least. 
<sighs> okay. So how should a guest handle not liking the meal they ordered or selected during the dinner? You just mentioned this, but yes. this is for those folks that might have might have stopped listening for a little bit. Listen up. <laughs> listen up. Right. Listen up. So uh, if a couple is generous, they'll allow you to choose your meal via your invitation or wedding website. They'll let you know they're having a short rib or the cot. And you're like, wow, this sounds good. I definitely want the short rib. Well, you get there, you're like, mm, my short rib looks dry. You should actually, it, one, you should try to suck it up. If you can't suck it up because it's just too much to bear, you should really wait until they serve the room and then ask your waiter or um, attendant if you can trade your meal, if it's anything else available. Oftentimes it is stuff available, um, but they just want to make sure they serve the room correctly because what they don't want to happen is somebody who ordered the cod end up with the short rib because you, you're demanding the cod now um, as you sit in your seat. They do make us a, a little extra. They can accommodate two or three requests to change your meal, um, but they can accommodate 70. So if that's what you order, try your best to just get some gravy or something to put on it so that you can enjoy it and stop at Burger King afterwards, I guess. Try your best. It's, it's really nice of you as a guest to just do what you what you said you were going to do because the couple typically could have just said, I'm serving everybody chicken. So if they gave you a meal selection, they've actually incurred additional costs. So that's why it'd be rude to kind of say, well, I don't want this anymore. You know, you're not being a team player at that point. I got another follow-up guest yeah. etiquette question. So should guests go up to the DJ and request a song if they don't hear what they want to hear? Um, okay. I have two answers for that. Yes and no, okay. of course. Right. So there are some couples who send out little cards, like send us your favorite songs. So we can make sure you hit the dance floor. Those are couples that want your DJ. I mean, want their guests to interact with the DJ and make song requests. If they didn't send you that card, they curated a list of their DJ. They created what they wanted their DJ to play. They gave their DJ a no playlist, a yes playlist, uh, some of their favorite songs and artists. And if they have a good wedding DJ, I mean, like a really good wedding DJ, that wedding DJ has already asked for creative freedom. So that wedding DJ is going to play what moves the crowd. They are not going to play 17 line dances. They are not going to play <laughs> your favorite Mary J. Blige song if that's not what's moving the crowd. So... <laughs> um, he probably will say, or he or she will probably be like, yes, thank you. And if you don't hear your song play, don't go back up because they're not going to play it. They're not going to do it. <laughs> and I'm saying that because I feel like I've been that guest before, but like before I was engaged and before I realized like how rude that was to even be. But I want to say for the wedding <laughs> that we went to, it was like on the East Coast. And so I just want to hear a whole bunch of like Southern, like yeah. Southern music, trap music, and they're playing Meat Mill. And I'm like, you got to suck that one up, friend. Sorry. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a good DJ, if they can get it in the rotation, if they can get it to move, if it, you know, if it can fit into what they have planned, they'll try to do it. But they're not going to lose any sleep or stress out to like get all of those requests in. So it's not terrible to ask them, just kind of, know that it might not happen okay. okay i'm a song requester too i'm at like when I'm okay. like oh my god can you play whitney houston dance with somebody <laughs> and sometimes it happens and sometimes <laughs> all right oh gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> all right so this is a huge pet peeve i think of ashley and i should guess 
live stream the wedding. Absolutely not. The ceremony, the reception. No. Like the big (laughs) iPads, you know. No. (laughs) It is is nowhere around that. It is a hard no for that. You know, I have had two had tough conversations with aunts and mothers um, that, you know, I've started weddings for couples with a very kind. This couple has made arrangements to have everything documented. This is a cell phone free, iPad free, Android free wedding. We just want you to be present. Please put your electronics down and be present with this couple as they say their forever vows. And I've had to say after that, you know, people look at me and they mouth. I'm not kidding, guys. They mouth. Does that mean me? And I said, yes, that also means you. <laughs> um this couple, you know, photography in Chicago is not cheap. If you've invested in a top of the line photographer, uh-huh. you spent four to five to possibly six thousand dollars. And yeah. if you added on video and if you've added on um, a fancier editing style, you've made a significant investment. So what you do not want is the iPhone picture or the flip phone picture in the way. Getting you, you know, getting your ugly cry that's going to be documented later. I guess I beg of you, please do not. The couple has already made arrangements. Oh, this is yeah. <laughs> Seeing the aunts, I can't tell you how many weddings I've been to. And there's iPads, like literally like, and then phones and flashes and lights. And I'm just like, ugh. I always, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Exactly. In two years, in two days? It's you still know? just going to be on your phone, <laughs> right. taking yeah. up space. And right. you haven't looked at it since. In two oh. years. But the couple, on the <laughs> other hand, you know, if, when they get into a fight with their significant other, they need that video to remind them why they got married. <laughs> do not mess up my editing for this. Right. <laughs> you're, you're real right about, like, all right, you spent money on the photographer and possibly a videographer. Like that could be a real good chunk of your budget. That could be like 16% of your budget. Right. You know, um, just depending, you don't need the guests to ruin it. And I don't care what anyone says. Like I'm such an unplugged girl. Like Tania said, Folks do not care. They will ignore that. They really So you will. have to have a good planner that will shut that down because I've mentioned this before on the show. I'm mentioning it again. I went to a wedding, an unplugged wedding, where this guy, like three rows ahead of me, was on live, Instagram live. He must have been like 18, 19. Why are you on, why are you on live? And then... I'm looking at the wedding planner and she's also like recording for her own like footage on her phone. And so I'm like, like him because if the person who we're all here, the, the couple who we're here to celebrate has requested you for the 20 minutes that the ceremony might take. Right. That's it. 20 minutes. Put your phone away to put your phone away. Just do that. But also on the flip side, so apparently the photographer did not capture some like very pivotal shots, such as the entering into the chapel. So for some of us that did have our phone out, well, I had my phone out to take a picture, not to be on live. That was the only way she had that captured, which was sad. But anyway, 
That is unfortunate. That is very yeah. unfortunate. That does not happen often, though. So typically, no. <laughs> you've invested in a good photographer. I guess we shouldn't say it that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Like, I'm going to have to have a, a like a good planner because I already asked Brandon about, you know, having it unplugged. And he was like, yeah, I definitely want it unplugged. That just makes because, sense. Just because he doesn't <laughs> want his picture. I'll, 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 I told y'all, FBI. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does not want his picture everywhere. And so, yeah. You know, I, I tell my couples when they hire us, I was like, you know, we are your bad guys on that day. We yeah. are the people who can politely explain to people the rules. We can be stern about the rules and we don't have to see them at Thanksgiving. And feel free to talk shit about, I mean, crap about us later. Like, Ooh, I can not stand my wedding planner either. Knowing good and well, I executed your vision and did the things mm-hmm. you wanted me to do. But I don't have to see them at Thanksgiving. So I can say, put your phone away or we'll ask you to leave. Thank you very much. And that's the end of it. Phones go away. Ooh. Can yeah. you duplicate yourself and come to Atlanta? Clone <laughs> like, <laughs> yourself so that when is going through this, like. <laughs> Man, yeah. Oh my it was gosh. like, I don't want to see my pictures on Facebook before I actually get, you know, like the actual right. copies from the. Um, oh, that's going to happen. From the photographer. And it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, I know it's going to happen, but, you know, he can just live in this la-la land. Ooh, he's he listen. can. Yeah, he's going to hear this. <laughs> listen up. It is what it is. Look, I mean, because there's a lot of us that don't want um, that don't want the wedding to be seen. Like, yes, you don't want your moment just for anybody to see. Like, you invited a certain amount of people for mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want their friends, their network, the random people that they get in the Facebook arguments over Trump with to have access to your wedding, especially as the wedding is going on. That to me is, uh, but there's only so much you can do. Um, Tania, you could, um, send out NDAs. (laughs) Celebrity status. (laughs) Who am I? (laughs) Well, look, by the time you get married, girl, you might be somebody. So, <laughs> you right. <laughs> I'll email you a copy of the one we have, okay, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Brandon. <laughs> you don't have to worry. We solved it. All right. So, what are some other guest faux pas that you've heard of? Um, one of the things that probably gets confused a lot by couples and guests is the plus one versus the invited guests, right? So. Um, I think what people have to realize is giving someone a plus one allows them to bring anybody. So if you only want them to bring uh, Brandon, for example, or her best friend, and you have to say Tania and Brandon are invited. So, you know, t- put their name on the invitation. But if you tell somebody, oh, Tania plus one, well, she can bring me if she wants to. It's really up to her when you allow a plus one. Um, I've had couples get mad, like, why would they bring their Bumble date when you gave them a plus one instead of listing the person they were dating for two years beforehand? So that's one of the things. Um, and then the other, like, kind of faux pas is, like, guess faux pas is, like, this is kind of not the same, but a little on topic from what we talked about earlier, I wanted to make sure we touched on it, is um, your bridal party. If they want to get you a gift, and it's optional. They do not have to get you a gift. They, again, I know I said this earlier, they have invested so much into your wedding. So much money, so much time, so much energy, um, so many days off. They've taken more days off than anybody. So if they don't give you a wedding gift, 
please know that seriously their presence is gift enough because for all the things they've done would you say that even if say the wedding was dramatically cut back and nothing happened this year so they really didn't spend money on anything that might change some things definitely okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if you didn't do a bridal shower or a bachelor party or like a hair and makeup day you didn't have to buy any of those things you should be a nice person and get a gift um and you know and i want to say that i also know again we we know that all three of us know that it's not about the gift you give at a wedding yes but we also know that even if you can't give a significant gift something matters to that couple the nice coasters the um the personalized thank you cards something as a show of your appreciation that you were in, in, in part of that day will make a big difference just showing up saying hey and leaving not gonna leave a good taste in their mouth Mm-mm. that was a good note I, I was really asking that for myself I so that was so personal yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say something but i was like mm, nope Tania, yeah. be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> you can always edit it out you don't want to edit i mean i know that but you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know all right last <laughs> question you've already given us so much advice but what advice would you have for couples that are planning their guest list You know, I always tell couples to do three things when they get engaged. And this helps with planning your guest list. Um, Do your priorities. I want you guys to sit down with no parents, no friends, um, undivided attention and talk about what's super important for you. So if super important for him is a top shelf whiskey and super important for you is the 10 piece band, those things will come into play when you start to plan out your guest list because Um, You may have to give up some things to get those things you want. So unfortunately, it always comes back to budget. Budget is a hot topic. Budget is important. And it is the center of all being. Those are the things that kind of matter. From there, I also say, remember, um, when you planned out your guest list before you got engaged, that was your family. That was your wedding. You weren't marrying anybody. You were marrying yourself because it was 150 of your closest friends. You are marrying somebody now this time. This is not make-believe. So you have to um, kind of make accommodation for that other person. This is not just about you and your family. Remember that this is a group project. This is not your solo paper. Great advice. It is really great advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. You know, I tell my couples when they get started, you are going to fight over the budget and the guest list. Once you get past those things, it's going to be smooth sailing after that. Oh. That's... Uh, yeah, that was true. Yeah, we in my talked mind, about that. Because in my mind, I had a certain amount. Like, oh, we're we're only going to invite so many, and then once we exceeded that, it was really because of me. And he was looking like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, we need to cut the guest list down. And he was like, we, <laughs> like, <laughs> <"What's this> like, <laughs> right? Like, I'm um 30 percent of this, or like 33 percent of this. The rest of that is all you, boo. So you need to figure out where you have to <laughs> cut some corners. Um, oh man, that was great. But yeah, you're right. And that could be a whole nother episode. We'll bring it you could. back. Yeah, we haven't talked about that, you know, arguments yeah. during the wedding. Oh yeah. That's like, those are the two biggest ones, budget and, um, guest list. Uh, Ooh. 
the other thing that always comes up um, if if couples kind of do things in a particular order and you get your venue, which I never recommend, you get your venue and then do your guest list. Like say you've dreamed about this venue your entire life. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have to literally say if this is a 200 person venue. I get 100 and you get 100. And I can't get 175, you get 25 because that's, you know, <laughs> that's not fair. So when you do things kind of in that order, you have to be prepared to say, all right, I got to cut down my guest list. I didn't think about that. Ooh. Y'all going to have to have some hard conversations because yes. that's probably one of those things you need that you probably need to go to counseling for. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everybody can't be there yeah i don't know there i hope covid if anything is allowing us to start to have the multi-wedding celebrations where you don't have to think of it as a small elopement and then the big thing later have several intimate gatherings with the different parts of the family so you know maybe the his dad's side have a barbecue maybe his mom's side do something maybe have a few of them you could have at the to-do depending on your personal relationship with them maybe make it a tour joke about it even call it that folks might feel a little bit more comfortable to not be invited to the big shebang or the actual wedding or whatever however you want to frame it because they're still able to celebrate with you in other ways and maybe in that way it might be more cost effective but on the flip side, that might eat away from your big to-do costs because right. now you're having multiple events, but it's something to consider if you're not okay. trying to have 350 people yeah. in a venue. I have a couple that's kind of doing something very similar to that. They're playing, they originally wanted 175 people uh, and they just realized that the things they wanted for their wedding and their budget didn't kind of mesh. So they reduced the number to 80 people um, and they're going to do a block party the next day. So their plan is to mm. have like a ceremony Labor Day weekend, a fancier, you know, kind of black tie wedding uh, that's smaller. And then they're going to kind of like a big food truck block party on the Sunday. That's everybody. And they actually mm. might end up inviting more people to that because now they don't have to worry about who gets a taco. Right. It's it's a little bit simpler. I like that. I like that idea. I might take elements of that because Ed and I were talking about, so our ceremony now is pushed or not ceremony, our whatever we're going to do is pushed to next July. And because we met at a day party, I was like, what if our welcome event or our brunch the day after is a day party? Like we throw like a day party because it ties it all back in. It'll be five years and a day. So like the five year anniversary of us meeting. So it'll be that weekend. And I'm like, it just ties it all back. So I, I like yes. that. That's your wedding story. Yes. I love it. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but Tania, you'll be able to do something like that too. Brandon, open your eyes and heart to it. You know, consider, think about the multiple and especially like if his family is known for like the big family reunion or the big like food events and things like that, there might be a way to kind of like go off of something like that. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's listening to this right oh, now. Oh, I know he is. I've referenced him multiple times as like I'm speaking to you, not <laughs> yeah. as a drive by. <laughs> like I know you're listening to this, Brandon. <laughs> this hello <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, whew, you answered so many great questions. We have already, like, I've already mentally, like, start thinking about the next episode. We're going to bring you back on. To yes, <laughs> start I cannot wait. This. Oh, my gosh. Um, we're not going to let you go just yet, even though that last part really felt like a lot of unsolicited advice. We're going <laughs> to get into unsolicited <laughs> advice. We are now going to discuss... Um, you know, the thing I do every week on the show where I give advice and no one asks for because that happens when you get engaged. And I want y'all to listen really closely, bring your ear closer to the computer. If you listen to the computer, if you're in your car, listen, put your head by the speaker. If you got headphones on, AirPods on, turn it up, press it into your ear a little bit more so you can hear what I'm about to say. Okay. My advice for this week is probably the best advice I've ever given anybody at any point throughout the 50 plus episodes we have done at this point in our, uh, our little podcasting career. But I need all you to stay at home so we can have a 2021 so we can have weddings so that, yes. you know, our wedding vendors can have a full year of yes. business full business so our couples can have a wedding that they desired and they dreamed of, not the smaller version, not the scaled back version. I need y'all to understand how tired <laughs> we all are. And we all know that our government has failed us. The current government, not the future government, there will be some changes. But when you're listening to this episode, likely we will still have a madman in the White House who will refuse to leave and refuse to accept the fact that he lost. He does not care about you. Your governor might not care about you. Your mayor might not care about you. Mm -hmm. They might have opened everything up. You might have felt comfortable eating inside a restaurant, on a patio, doing whatever, going on vacation. I'm not judging you for that. I really don't care. But I need you to know that by going places and doing things that are not 100% essential to what you need to do to survive every day, it's just dragging this out longer. So if the government is not going to tell you to stay at home and shut things down and basically mandate for you to wear a mask and to do these things. So I need everybody to take this seriously because everybody's talking about, oh, Joe Biden's going to shut us down. Is he? We don't know. But if you are already assuming something is going to happen, and if you're already associating that with a certain level of like foresight and protection that we should have for our fellow Americans, for us to get past this freaking virus that's been plaguing us for almost a year now, then just do it yourself right now. Like, take those precautions. The people in the hospitals that work at the hospitals are exhausted because they're not covering this on the news as much as they used to back in March and April. But uh, the hospitals are running out of beds. Some of these places are completely tapped out. El Paso, not too long ago, tapped out. Tulsa, Oklahoma, tapped out. 
there is no place for people to go. And it's not older people getting sick anymore. It's young people. Jeremiah, right now, we all love birthday sex when that came out over a decade ago. Look, he is in the freaking hospital on a ventilator and he is like 33. No previous issues, no previous whatever. So we can't assume that you would survive or you won't have issues breathing later if you catch it. Yes, there are a lot of mild cases, but this is a Russian roulette that you just don't want to play. So taking it all back to the very beginning, stay at home. Please just stay at home. Just limit the amount of times you're going out. Just think about it. Is that something I have to do right now? Nope. Stay at home. Just chill. You can order the food out. FaceTime is here for a reason. Zoom is here for a reason. I know you all tired of Zoom parties, Facebook parties, whatever it is. We all are. But we're going to have to deal with it a little bit longer if people like you just won't stay at home. I want to have a wedding wedding in July. I bought a very bomb dress and I've lost a lot of weight and I want to show this off. <laughs> Please. So that is all. I said in the beginning, I said Ashley had a lot to say and I mean, obviously you had a lot to say, but I mean, but I feel you. Um, as many of y'all know, I'm in a medical field and I have friends, although I'm not in the hospital, I'm in, um, I'm in a clinic the hospitals, like, my friends are tired. They're getting that money, though, because, <laughs> Lord, they getting that money. People paying off houses. They paying off, like, But, things, but they don't want to have to do it in this type of scenario. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of PTSD that's going on. Like, a lot of health professionals are now having to you know, like get counseling just because of the things that they're seeing um, and like the conversations that they're having to have with a lot of these family members and, you know, like, like I've heard of fun. folks that have committed suicide that work in the medical profession yeah. that have seen it so much day in, day out with yes. no relief that yeah. they could not physically handle it anymore or mentally. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people just forget about that, but I do agree. Please, everyone, just wear your mask. All the healthcare professionals will love you. Everyone that has a job right now will love you. Like, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're just all trying to survive and we're all trying to live our lives. Yeah, I, I'm jumping on this bandwagon because I have some uh, very strong <laughs> personal feelings about this. I just yeah. really, and even in the wedding industry, right? I am witnessing companies that have been around forever closing their doors because there was no 2020 wedding season and people who were doing, you know, hundreds of weddings, DJs and photographers doing hundreds and, you know, weddings a year are closing because they just don't have the, the money to stay open and pay for their studio and pay for all the equipment and pay for the mm -hmm. things that we use so you know i want and couples are losing money right so you know ashley probably knows this firsthand when you have to reschedule not all of your vendors allow you to reschedule with no fee you have to pay fees to reschedule the longer mm -hmm. this drags out the more fees you pay i think you know it is so easy to become self-absorbed with what is going on in your world and forgetting that sometimes Every decision we make, every step outside of our house we make affects a lot of people. And I want to party again. Like, I want to see, I want to cry when people come down the aisle. I want to, like, listen to your vows. I, 
you know, we've only had to do maybe six weddings this year. That is a mm. dramatic decrease from the amount of the weddings we do. Six, and they were all small. They were all small weddings, like 50 and 30. You know, wedding vendors want to get back to work, but we also want to get back to work safely. We do not want to work wedding. At least I can. I, and I know, uh, you know, my wedding, my frienders, you know, I don't want to work a wedding with 150 people right now because, you know, I got a family. I want to live too. So, you exactly. know, I, I agree with you. Please, please, just let's let's do this group project. Let's all do our part, and then we can be done and get this. Hey, <laughs> seriously, yes. I think about um, so when I uh, when we made the decision to just elope at the house, um, I needed, of course, still somebody to do my hair because I hadn't had my hair done in forever. And whew, child. so, but when I talked to my bridal hairstylist who completely amazing she was like I don't go places I don't do things I have to be cautious not only for me and the other brides I service but I have a family I have two little boys I have a husband you know like we still have to go out and make a living we don't have the comfort to be able to just stay at home like that's a privilege that people are they take for granted because it's like, okay, well, I wore my mask while I was at the gym, but did you have to go to the gym to just do wall sits? You got a wall at home. You can do wall sits at the house. You got weights at the house. We have access to so much now. This isn't 1918 with the Spanish flu. Right. <laughs> we can like <laughs> pull stuff up online. Your house can be your gym. Um, turn your guest bedroom. You're not having guests right now. Maybe make that your gym. Maybe put a yoga mat down there instead of going to a freaking group class with people or like doing these things with people that don't live in your home. Like it makes no sense to me. My wedding planner was like, I basically quarantine after every wedding <laughs> for two weeks. I have to. I have two boys and a husband as well. Like, you know, the few weddings I've done, you know, I've had to like tell guests, you need to take a step back. You are too close to me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But, you know, I, I cannot disappoint the couples, but I also am a person right. outside of being a wedding planner. Yeah. And it's like people forget that these little things that they're doing in the little moments that they have outside or whatever, you know, they're being safe, but it's like, by you still thinking that you're doing your part, you're still setting us back because you didn't really have to do that. And who knows if you're sick or not, that asymptomatic part is so huge. You do not know if you are sick or even if uh, you got a little tickle in your throat and you just think, Oh, it's because the weather's changing. Well, ho, you got Corona. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've been around folks and, you know like now you ordering tea at brunch when you should have just been at the house so anyway i want to ramble on because you know once you start talking about COVID to a certain point the people that are the hit dogs will tune out and think you know what well i'm doing my part i'm wearing my mask i'm good mm-hmm so anyway, Tania, what vendors are we shouting out? Oh, this week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to move on to the wedding vendor love. Jennifer, who would you like to shout out this week? So I would love to shout out some of my favorite Chicago folks. Um, shout out to Mac Julian over at M28 Photography. Uh, his work is stunning. I am so lucky to get to work with him a lot. 
um he really really nails it like he just did a couple and i was like is this is magazine worthy like this is mm. gorgeous so shout out to mac um also shout out to Brittany Watkins at Faultless inspirations um she is a calligrapher and stationer and sis can write on anything i have had her write on red pairs subway tiles um macaroons if you know when i bring it to her i'm like okay i got a crazy idea she figures out how to make it work so i love her for that um and then also the other britney right Th this happens a lot when we work together britney key from britney key floral and events she is a florist and she does such amazing work um she's like the sweetest person so you know she's really one of those people that when you connect with her you're like man i I want to hang out with you. Plus your work is good. So that makes it easier. So those are like three of my favorite vendors right now. Nice. Perfect. Yes. Ashley, who do you have? So speaking in the Chicago realm, I'm actually going to shout out a makeup artist, uh, Danielle Rashawn. I, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, so she is, she, her work is amazing very very beautiful you can yeah. tell she is a true professional because not only does she do bridal makeup but she's done work for tv and she's just you can tell when it's not just a hobby for folks like they've actually put it like mastered the craft um and you definitely see it with her so um go to her ig danielle rashawn makeup um and of course we'll tag it so Yes. Beautiful, beautiful work. Um, Tania, who is your vendor? So this week I have um, a wedding singer. Maybe I shouldn't say a wedding singer, but she um, she is a performer. Um, she does proposals and also weddings. She's based out of New York. Her name is Naja Lewis. Her IG is Naja Lewis Events. Um, I came across her page. Her voice is beautiful. Like, you know, you got to be like, you have to have an ear, you know, people who say they can sing. Some of those people can't really sing. So, you know, but she can actually sing. Like she has like this jazzy type voice. She plays a guitar. So yeah, if you're definitely in the New York area, I'm not quite sure if she travels. I'm pretty sure she does, but definitely look her up. Again, that's Naja Lewis. On um, her IG is Naja Lewis Events. Definitely look her up. She has, you know, um, a couple of videos of her singing. Beautiful voice, beautiful. So yeah, that's who I have this week. Mm -hmm. Great. We haven't had a wedding singer shout out. Yeah. Uh, so good stuff. Yeah. Like whenever I say that, you know, like a wedding singer, I always think about the movie, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there are people that sing though for yeah, weddings yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a yeah. thing still i think people okay. still we should bring it back yeah. oh yeah people definitely sing for weddings yeah 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 well jennifer thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us a little bit longer than we expected but i think the conversation <laughs> was very fulfilling and satisfying to me i hope it was the same for you <laughs> oh this um, was so much fun i'm so glad you guys invited me on Oh, we're Aww. so glad you were able to chat with us. So yes. where can all the good listeners find you, follow you, want to know more, want to do better about being wedding guests? <laughs> yes. If you want to be a better wedding guest, or if you just have questions about wedding planning in general, um, you can always follow me on Instagram at event underscore shop and shop is S-H-O-P-P-E. 
underscore shy s h i'm sorry c h i so event underscore shop underscore shy or you can come to my website at www.eventshopchicago.com um i have like direct emails and all that stuff there but i hang out on instagram so you can find me there so you're not mad if like a bride approaches you on ig first you know what? I'm not. I will be honest with you guys. Okay. I try to get that conversation like to the email soon because I lose like, in, you know, DMs. But yeah. if you find me there and you like, hey, quick question, I'll answer it. And then I'll usually say, hey, send me your email address. So I can take this conversation to a more uh, an easier platform for me to manage it. I'm not mad. No. Yeah, I like that because there'd be so many there. It's like, mm mm email email only and it's like yeah but you know some folks they start there yeah Yeah. they don't have to end there and just stay there but you know right like i'm not sending a contract i'm not sending a contract (laughs) (laughs) no docusign links no none of that (laughs) (laughs) oh man tania where can people find us Yes, you can find us on huid.com. You can also find us on huidwed on IG, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Bell Sorry on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you head on over to shop.huidu.com because yes. by the time this airs, you know. Um, and get you a good face mask for you, your homegirls, your friends, or a laptop sticker or a sweatshirt or whatever your heart desires. Because yes. we have really, really cute bridal stuff for you. And look, we've been doing this for two years now. Can you really believe it? Yeah. Two years. It's been a minute. Two? Yeah. yeah. It was 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, go, go. Go do that real quick. Just but, um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Jennifer, for chatting with us. We're going to let you have the rest of your night now. <laughs> thank you. And yes, thank yes, you so much. You will be coming back. That is going to be on the calendar for early 2021. We yes. are going to have a great conversation then too. So you have I'm a great night. To that. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.